What's going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright, and we are excited today. But uh, first, here is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Hey, hey, guys. This is me, Cody. Like Andrew said, we are so excited for you guys to hear this episode. Uh, Don't skip. Don't change that episode. Keep listening. We can't wait for you guys to hear this one. All right, guys. Well, we are excited. We are continuing our uh, schedule, our NFL schedules that we have been going through, and we've been going by division by division. And uh, last week we did the NFC South, and this week we are going to be doing, drum roll please, AFC South. Can you hear the drum roll? I wasn't sure if you can hear it. Coming on your belly. No, it was my knees, but I mean, sometimes, nowadays you can't tell the difference, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was that was mean to yourself you should you shouldn't say you're sorry apologize to yourself well if i talk to myself then i would need to see help i, <laughs> I don't need to see help right now <laughs> well you know honestly i cody i am super surprised at um where i have everyone at afc south i thought i was gonna be like you know the division winner at seven and nine I really did. <laughs> right. I really, really did. <laughs> but um, going through these schedules, I kind of realized that a lot of the schedules for these teams, they're fairly easy. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunate that these teams aren't great either. Yeah. So it is going to be a little more difficult. Uh, but before we get into all that, I always have to ask, Cody, how you doing, man? And I will always have to answer, I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you asking. Um, I hope you guys are doing well over there. I know that uh, you guys have some exciting plans going on and uh, the little one is on the way. I think you guys are on the home stretch. Is that right? Yeah, she, uh, Jessica is officially nine months. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe she is 37 weeks today or tomorrow. I have, I don't, I think it's, I think it's today. I'll have to double check that. But anyway, um, I know she's at least 36 weeks. I just don't know if she's at the 37 week. But anyway, uh, yeah, we are very, very close. Um, actually, today we had to get our uh, our go bags ready. Ooh. So, yeah, it's it's around that time because um, my, my wife, she was like, oh, I think we need to get ready. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we get all this stuff ready. And she's like, oh, no. I think I'm fine now. <laughs> so, so it's like every day we're just like, yeah, we're we're waiting. But um, yeah, we're pretty much ready. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we got his crib all set up. We have his uh, all his shelves all set up. So the only thing is we need him, and uh, that's about it. So we're we're about ready to go. Very, very, very cool, man. Super excited. I know that Abby and I keep talking about when he gets here and how crazy that's going to be and you know, I can only imagine what the stress you guys are going through with the quarantine, but also the excitement because, you know, you guys have been, are now getting basically a completed family because after this, there's no more, uh, there's no more players to be drafted, right? <laughs> no, uh, we have talked about maybe adoption down the road, but as of our children, yeah, this is it. I think we are, um, I think we are done after this. So cool. my wife does not want to have to give birth a third time. <laughs> so she has told me whether I like it or not, this is it. 
She is. This is the last time she is giving birth. So, I, and I, as a good husband, has said, "Yes, ma'am." So, <laughs> so I am complying. So, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Um, actually, we were just talking about it. It's kind of funny that we were just thinking about this, but um, you know, we're a little sad because we wanted we wanted my daughter Nadia to. Um, you know, be in the delivery room, like after the, obviously after the fact, we don't uh-huh. want her to see that. But, uh, <laughs> but, you guys are uh, taking this know, homeschool t- thing a little too yeah. seriously with this, with this Honey, health learn. class. Yeah. <laughs> Just breathe. Um, but no, uh, you know, we, we knew that she really wanted to be there and like hold him like mm-hmm. right, like right away. Um, but unfortunately that's not going to happen. We actually got a call from the hospital and they're basically saying, yeah, just me and Jessica and that's it. Uh, so we're, we're getting our plans ready for, uh, who's going to take my daughter when we go to the hospital. Um, and then, um, yeah, just it's, it's unfortunate, but we were like, you know what, it'll be kind of nice too though. Cause now we're going to have that like at home thing. So when we come home, you know, Nadia can be there and, Mm -hmm. see him for the first time when she's home so she might be a little more comfortable as well so yeah it's nice but it is a little it's a little disheartening you know and you kind of want to have certain experiences and it's just unfortunate we're not going to get some of those so yeah no i got you yeah oh well all right enough of the sad stuff (laughs) no one wants to hear this (laughs) well i do Um, that's why i asked you well i know you do (laughs) No one else. Um, we're just, you know, this is uh, Andrew and Cody time, guys. So <laughs> we, we try and make the most of it. <laughs> um, but uh, Cody, I'm excited about doing AFC South. I actually, I'm a lot higher on three of the teams. Uh, one team, I think we everyone could guess because we <laughs> we've been making a joke about it since we started this. <laughs> um, you know, uh, but uh, I'm actually surprised on how high I am no I would I think I'm making that sound like I have like the Texans at like 13 and 3 it's not that bad but I I am surprised on how high I am on the uh on you know the Colts Titans and and Mm -hmm. Texans Uh, I thought I was gonna be a lot lower on them but uh looking through their schedules you know it's it's uh it's actually not as difficult as I thought it would be so yeah uh, that obviously comes into play but uh, any like surprises for you, Cody, or you kind of figured that's how it was going to be for you? No, I figured the same. The only thing I would say is I, you know, I, I feel like the Colts are probably going to be the sleeper team in this division, not the Texans. But honestly, that's just because as I'm looking at the players that they drafted, what they signed, who they still have on the roster, even with the additions, you know, I, you know, there's an argument that we made that the Colts are probably the second best team in this division because the Texans, I like them, but. They've got a lot of uh, internal warfare going on with their coach and their players. And, you know, they did lose um, arguably the number one receiver in, in all of football when they traded him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll get into all that. But as I'm looking at it with like what you mentioned, schedules, and I'm, I'm factoring in players here. Um, you know, the, those, those two teams, the Texans and Colts, they're the ones that are the most interesting. Um I feel like that there's two almost absolutes with the Jaguars and Texans. We kind of are, uh, excuse me, the Titans. We kind of know where relatively will there, will, where they will end up, so to speak. So, yeah, yep, definitely very interesting stuff as I was researching. So, 
All right. Well, let's get going. Um, and Cody, we'll start with you as we always, as it seems like we always do anyway. I'm not sure if we, if we have always started with you, honestly. <laughs> I'm I pretty sure we have. And I can't remember. So, <laughs> anyway, um, Cody, who is uh, in fourth place in the AFC South for you? What is the record and why? So I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars in fourth place. I don't think that's a surprise. I know. Are you serious? If, that's a shock, folks. That's a huge shock. Um, I have them at a whopping two and fourteen. And honestly, um, I, I know that <laughs> I know that we were sharing each other's records before. We what we normally do, folks, for all those uh, peeling the curtain back a little bit is before we do this, we kind of hear from one another on who has what team where at what record, just so that we we kind of have an idea. Um, and then there are sometimes where in before we even start recording we were kind of going back and forth a little bit about it. And honestly, the, I don't think there's any pushback when you told me what you had them at. And, you know, I almost had a hard time trying to make the argument that they will win two games, you know, like <laughs> we, I, I'm, I'm pretty much saying, I think the lions will, will be a victory for them, or at least I think they will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a second game, I assume somewhere, but Honestly, the Jaguars, they still have some decent offensive weapons. Um, they still have Fournette. How much longer? We don't know. Um, you know, they still have uh, Minshew. I think that's their undrafted quarterback, the guy with the really sweet stash. Um, <laughs> and then other than that, I mean, they've got some decent receivers. Um, they did sign Tyler Eifert, from uh, former uh, Bengal. And so mm-hmm. that's like a decent, you know, tight end considering that they – um, I forgot who their tight end was last season. Uh, no one knows. Yeah, yeah that's that should be a Jeopardy <laughs> question, honestly. Um, and then they did sign uh, uh, Melvin, who was a former Raider. So, um, you know, I mean, a couple of small additions here and there. They did draft. Um, they did draft an outside linebacker and a receiver uh, within like the first two rounds. And this was unbeknownst to me or to you, Drew, but uh, Jay Gruden is their new offensive coordinator. And that was a shock to both of us because we didn't think that he was with anybody yet. And uh, yeah, so I don't know, honestly, if he's going to make their offense that much better. I don't, I don't know if they even have the pieces to be, you know, you know, competitive. So yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't really have much to kind of uh, a lab on, you know, I mean, I have the Jaguars at two and 14. Apparently anybody that speaks up about a losing culture, they get rid of. So, you know, the only thing that uh, the Jaguars have going for them is the weather, I guess, which <laughs> is not even that great to be honest with you. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's pretty much it. That's all I got. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I have the Jaguars fourth place. Um, I have them at one and 15 <laughs> and I think it was a pity win, but I, as we had talked about before, I, you know, I said it's. I think it's harder to go zero and sixteen than it is to go one and fifteen. And the reason being is you, when you are constantly losing, let's say you're at like zero and ten, you're from zero and ten and beyond. You're playing a desperate team. They need a win just for their mental health. You know, they they need it. So. Um, it's a lot harder, in my opinion, to play an 0-16 team than to play a 16-0 and team. And the reason being is the 16-0 and team has more pressure. The 0-16 team, they really don't have pressure. They just want that win, but they don't have to get it. 
so that's kind of for me um the uh the jaguars i think they're gonna get a win at least um i think you're probably more accurate at the two and 14 but i kind of got caught up in I had the Bengals beating them, but I I actually feel good about the Bengals winning because um, overall they have a better team. I mean, I think they have, um, I don't know about the coach. I would probably give the edge to the Jaguars coach and that, but the quarterback, I would take Joe Burrow over Gardner Minshew. I don't hate Minshew, but I just, I think he's just serviceable right now. Um, And I think they're playing for, you know, the number one pick for next year for whatever quarterback is available, whether it be Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and actually one of my podcasts, they brought up another guy, but um, I can't think of his name right now. Um, but, um, you know, and I, th- I think they sneak a win against the Colts. I think that's really their only team. And the reason I say that is knowing Phillip Rivers for all these years when he was playing in the AFC West, um, he always had just random games where he just gave it up in the division. You're just like, dude, even if they were like the top team in the AFC West, like they just gave up some weird games in the division. And Rivers, seeing him last year, he he gave a lot of wins away. He just was not who he used to be. And, and I think you're going to see that again. Yes, you're going to a Colts team that's a better team. I'm not saying that... Um, you know, the Colts team is the same as the Chargers team, but uh, you're still getting the same Phillip Rivers and possibly at worst Phillip Rivers. I mean, God knows the guy's got, you know, 20 kids and um, during quarantine, I don't think he's working out that much. <laughs> you got you to gotta feed those kids and you got to cook them. That, that just sounds... It's a lot of mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I just... For me... I did give them kind of a pity win, pity win, a pity win. Um, but, uh, you know, I also had the lions beating the Jaguars originally, and mm-hmm. I'm not a hundred percent on that. Um, but, uh, I actually almost gave them a win over the chargers, but I was like, nah, I can't do that. No, the chargers <laughs> so, defense is way too stout for yeah. that. I mean, so. Minshew is going to get sacked like at least a hundred times. <laughs> and, uh, Honestly, I would I, I don't want to say I'll make the argument, but I would say I'm a little bit more comfortable with saying that the Lions is going to be a win only because they're playing in Jacksonville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But here's where I preference that. It's going to feel like a normal game because they never have fans in the stands. And now during <laughs> when the season opens, there still won't be fans in the stands. So I don't think that that's a bad thing for Stafford, who, you know, he he's a, he's a very, very competitive quarterback. So... You know, I want. I would like to say that the Lions are a weaker team, of course, and that that's why that they will lose. But, you know, in my opinion, Stafford is a, you know, is a pretty good quarterback, and I think he could find a way to wheel his team against a really bad team. But, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, that was just the only gimme win. I think I have the Jaguars can sneak away, and I think the second one I think was the Colts or the Bengals, but. You know, I wouldn't be I mean, surprised if they did go one in fifteen. I mean, honestly, I think the yeah. odds are better at that than anything more. You know. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's when you look at the Lions. I mean, you look at the head coaches. I mean, honestly, I would I would probably give the edge to Marone, Doug Marone, but I don't feel a hundred percent confident in that. But then you look at the quarterback head to head. 
I would take Stafford at this, you know. Yeah, I would too. I mean, obviously. And then defensive-wise, uh, the Lions always have at least a decent defense, especially with Matt Patricia as, as their head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not terrible. It's just, you know, they're not great. Mm-hmm. And then I look at the Jaguars' defense. I mean, they gave their defense away. <laughs> they just yeah. got rid of it. So I don't. I really don't feel that. So, I mean kind of that's that's one way i judge it as well as i've explained multiple times on this podcast so i don't feel like i need to go over it again but um yeah i just i i mean i look at that way and i just i like the lines a little bit better but like you said wouldn't be surprised if if the lions ended up losing and the jaguars won that game it wouldn't be a shock yeah but then i would think the colts would win (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean instead so yeah i agree so, yeah, I have one in 15. All right, Cody, uh, your third place team, and what is the record and why? So I've got the Indianapolis Colts at third place with a 7-9 um, and nine record. Um, when I – before I actually did that much research on it, I was actually assuming that the Colts could easily be like a 5-11 and 11 team. I didn't think that they were, uh, you know, a team to be team to be worrying about until I was going through – players that they drafted, players that they've signed. Um, obviously, looking at their schedule, and we both in agreement that, you know, for the AFC South, they're, they're a little bit more competitive of a division than we anticipated at first, and that's why I think where we place these teams, um, you know, they're not a jump out ahead in the AFC, but they're not, a, you know, they're not at the bottom of the rankings, in, our, in my opinion, at least. So, like, the Colts are going to be a, a feisty team, in my opinion. Um, they did draft – uh, Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver out of USC, your favorite school. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, they dra- they did draft Jonathan Taylor, who is one of your favorite running backs coming out of this draft. You really liked him yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they did trade um, for DeForest Buckner, a defensive lineman from 49ers, which I think is a really good pickup. Especially I thought it the, was a good trade. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially for the interior. And uh, a signing that they did was Xavier Rhodes, former Vikings cornerback. Uh, I, I know that he's older, so he's not like a lockdown cornerback like he used to be. But honestly, he is a veteran. He can still he can mm-hmm. still be used when called upon. Uh, and they also um, they also I think this team no it was a different team. Um, anyways, this team though their defense is is uh, I think a little underrated. I'm not saying that they are a top ten defense, but I really do think that they when called upon they will they can step up and make defensive stops. They're not as much of a liability as they've been in years before. I, I definitely think that in the last season or two, they've, they really addressed that to make them uh, more stout. Uh, and also, too, with Phillip Rivers being, um, being brought over to the Colts, uh, a couple of reasons why I like this for Rivers um, as much as the Colts is because, obviously, um, Rivers is familiar with, um, with the coach, Frank Reich, um, where he did have a, a pretty good season with him when he was uh, with the Chargers. Philip Rivers is also going to be playing in a dome majority of the time. Um, mm-hmm. Even even the three teams that he, uh, you know, the two places that he'll be going to in Houston, Jaguars, and playing obviously in Indy majority of the time are either indoors or warmer climate. So that's really going to help him being as an older quarterback. And then also too, his offensive lineman is I think ranked the f- uh, first or second in terms of being youngest. And they are up and coming and they um, take care of the quarterback. 
um, uh, Jacoby Brissett didn't get sacked very often. That was in terms of pressure, like coverage sacks that happened a lot, obviously, because sometimes he wouldn't get rid of the ball when he's supposed to, or when he fled the pocket, it really got him in trouble. But for the most part though, the Colts have a very, very good offensive line. And I think that this will help rivers. Um, and not only with not only drafting Jonathan Taylor, but you still have Marlon Mack in there, uh, Keem Hines in there. And so I really do think that they have a three headed, you know, monster in terms of a running back in the backfield. Um, and I really think that that will help rivers because he had the most success, um, when he had Melvin Gordon and when he also had, um, Austin Eckler. And you can make an argument that Taylor in this scenario could be, uh, Gordon. And then, um, you can make the argument that Marlon Mack is the Austin Eckler in this equation. Um, I really think that Marlon Mack though needs to work on his pass catching abilities. I think his hands need to get better in terms of catching, but he's a very good in between the tackles, seeing the field being explosive, but I definitely, obviously, of course, Taylor is the future of, of this Colts team. Um, but I, I honestly am surp- I'm surprised on how high I have this team, even though they are third place. At seven and nine, there's a lot of games that they're going to be scrapping and they're going to win. I, I can honestly say that there's a possibility they can split with Tennessee because, um, you know, I like Tennessee's defense, but, you know, offensively, Tennessee needs to find a way to contain the Colts and they still have T.Y. Hilton. They, they have Pittman, like I mentioned, who they drafted. Uh, they still have Jack Doyle, who's a tight end, and Trey Burt, um, who um, everyone knows that Rivers loves his tight ends. Mm-hmm. You still have Zach Paschal. Um, and uh, they've got just a young, talented wide receiving core that, you know, uh, still, you know, promising. And T.Y. Hilton, as long as he stays um, on the field and not injured, he is arguably like top 10, top 15, you know, wide receiver in the league. Um, the only question marks is their um, cornerbacks. I know that Xavier Rhodes brings veteranship, but you know, they're can their cornerbacks really stop any teams with, you know, with major receiving cores, such as, you know, I think the Tennessee Titans has a really good receiving core Texans, I think has an underrated one, which I'll talk about when we bring them up. Um, and honestly, can the Colts, can the Colts secondary defense hold down for them? I think is a, is a pretty big question, but you know, Teams against teams that they're going to have to play against. Um, I'm pulling up the schedule right now. Minnesota, I think that there's a pretty good chance that they can win. That'll be in Indy. Um, I don't think Minnesota's defense is that great like it used to be, and I think Philip Rivers could potentially, you know, throw it all on uh, Minnesota all day. You have New York Jets following that in Week Three. I think that's a win right there. Um, you know, a questionable game maybe Cleveland Browns against the Colts and in Cleveland. That's a I think that's a split game. I think Browns would win overall, but the Colts could easily steal that game. Um, you know, then you have games in uh, at Indy against Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay's defense, I don't think is – I think it's going to take a step back. So it could be Phillip Rivers' way of, you know, being able to throw it over the field. But, uh, you know, who knows? And then obviously Las Vegas and Indy are going to play. And, you know, the only thing I worry about is Phillip Rivers always has the Raiders number. Um, and I'm hoping that our Raiders defense has improved enough to where we can, um, you know, we can slow him down because it always seems like Philip Rivers has career high passing against the Raiders because he just can figure out our secondary. So, you know, those are just a couple of games that I'm pointing out. I mean, obviously games with Pittsburgh, um, games with Baltimore, um, Chicago, those are games that they, that are 50, 50 games where they can either go seven and nine or, 
you know, have a winning record, but I'd like to say that the Colts are like a dark horse, but for right now I have them at seven and nine. Uh, I have them at seven and nine as well. Um, honestly, the, the only reason I think I'm, I'm low on them is because of Phillip rivers. I know Phillip rivers is experienced. I know, um, you know, he's been, he's been a successful quarterback. I mean, arguably borderline hall of famer. Um, yeah, I hate Phillip rivers. I mean, I, I know I do. So, you know, people are probably like, oh, okay, dude. Yeah. You just hate him. <laughs> but in all honesty, you've seen the decline. Like with, with Tom Brady, you could kind of see it, but still people are like, I don't know. He was still winning games. And with Phillip rivers, when it was declining, it was bad. I mean, the chargers were bad last year. Um, and they had a pretty good defense. Honestly, they lost like they lost one of their safeties and like their whole defense completely collapsed. Like it was almost surprising how much they collapsed. They still had, you know, uh, a Melvin Ingram and they still had a Joey Bosa. So it wasn't the fact that, you know, the, the chargers had a bad defense. I think their defense was still fairly decent. It was Philip rivers was, he wasn't good. I mean, it's plain and simple. And I know what you were saying with uh, with Philip Rivers. He's kind of always had, you know, the Raiders number when you're kind of talking about, um, you know, whether it be he always, like, throws for a ton of yards and, you know, he always seems to get three touchdowns in the game. Mm-hmm. But what I always notice as well is, well, first of all, the Raiders usually have a bad defense. But secondly, they still always split the series. It always seems like the Raiders and Chargers are always splitting games between each other. And so this time with the Colts, now Rivers has a better team, no question. I I would argue that this Colts team is better than the Chargers team right now. Um, But Rivers is kind of an outlier. I don't know what you're going to get from him. Yes, he's going to have a better line, but he's also a year older. Yes, he's going to have a... I would say I would argue maybe about around the same defense, but again, he he still has to get it done. He's got a lot of weapons with T.Y. Hilton, but that's if he's healthy. I love T.Y. Hilton, but he's always injured. I love Michael Pittman Jr., but we haven't seen him play an NFL snap, so we have no idea how he's going to do with NFL defenses. And then Jonathan Taylor, again, like you said, I love Jonathan Taylor, but the issue is, again, we don't know how he's going to do with NFL. Uh, he hasn't taken an NFL snap. And also, he's been healthy throughout his whole college career. He played all four years at Wisconsin. So now he's going to go to the NFL. Sometimes that's not great for football, for running backs, especially when they've been run a ton with their college team. And now he, I mean, he was the leader in, in rushing yards last year in college football. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. They're going to be an interesting watch. There's no question, but as you said, they did get Xavier Rhodes. He does bring experience, but the issue was he was a little suspect with the Vikings last year, but he kind of got it covered up because that Vikings defense was so good. Now this Colts defense is good as well. But, you know, with all these moving parts, they added DeForest Buckner, they added Xavier Rhodes. It'll be a question of whether they can work as a cohesive group, and that's going to be another issue for me. So 
I, I'm not high on, on uh, Rivers because of what he did last year. I know there's years before then where you could argue he was one of the better quarterbacks. I'm not going to argue that. He was always very good, and that's why I hated him. So I'm not denying that he's not a good quarterback. But from last year, I think he was the issue in Los Angeles, not the whole team. Um, and so, because he had his receivers, I mean, he had Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is usually injured every single year. And I think he was healthy all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, his tight end was injured last year. So I don't know. We'll see. He had Melvin Gordon at the end of the year and Gordon was running really well. Mm-hmm. And then Austin Eckler was, I think was his best self last year. So with, uh, like you said, I mean, Marlon Mack is definitely going to be the Austin Eckler. I would argue he's a better Austin Eckler, maybe little less better hands but mm-hmm. overall he's a better guy a better uh, football player in my opinion and then you add Jonathan Taylor who could essentially be a Melvin Gordon um, but if you remember correctly Melvin Gordon had kind of a learning curve for a couple of years he wasn't what they thought he was going to be and then all of a sudden he exploded so um, it'll be interesting to see if that may be Taylor and if that's the case if they can't rely on Taylor and, you know, Marlon Mack is good, but he, he's not an every down back. That could also hurt Phillip Rivers, and mm-hmm. that could hurt the whole Colts team. So that's honestly why I'm not – I look at their schedule, and you're right. It's, it's pretty favorable. I mean, the Vikings game, especially with them possibly not having, having Dalvin Cook, that's, mm-hmm. that could be a question mark, you know, for uh, the Vikings and the Colts. And, yeah, I have the Jets – uh, losing to the Colts. I have the Bears losing to the Colts. I have the Browns beating them. Uh, I think I have the Bengals losing. I definitely have the Lions losing. Um, but then, you know, they face, you know, the Ravens. That's that's a tough game for anyone. Yeah. Uh, I have the Packers winning. I just, even though I like Frank Reich over um, uh, Matt LaFleur, um, I still, obviously I would pick Rogers over rivers anytime. <laughs> yeah. Twice on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and you know, like you said, defensive wise, you could give the edge to the Colts, but again, you know, I, I think the Packers will still be a, a fairly decent team. So I think that's a tough game, but again, it could go either way. Yes. The Raider game could be a 50, 50 game, but I really feel like, Last year, we really saw that, you know, the Raiders were, I mean, they looked their best when they played against Phillip Rivers. I mean, their defense looked their best. Um, So that's kind of, and that's the other issue too, is the Raiders know Phillip Rivers so well. Mm -hmm. And they've, and John Gruden has seen him now for two years straight. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Gruden really feels good about what he can do against the court. So I, I gave the win to the Raiders in that. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I see them winning the games that they need to win, and I see them losing the games that I think, you know, everyone would assume they're going to lose. So, mm-hmm. I have them at seven and nine. You like we have been talking about. I can I can get to a point where I can see them being nine and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but assuming that the Vikings still have Dalvin Cook, I would still take the Vikings. But again, that game could go either way. Mm-hmm. I have them splitting every game. I have them splitting games in their division. I mean, I'm splitting uh, games against the Jaguars, against the uh, against the Colts, good Lord, against the Texans, and against the Titans. So 
Um, that was actually kind of a theme that I had going through this division, except for the Jaguars. Um, so, uh, you know, this is a, this is a team that could be, could actually win the whole division. I think that could be a possibility, but I also think this could be a team where they could end up being like a four and 12 team in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just don't see them falling that far. I think Frank Reich is too good of a head coach to, to allow that to happen. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's why I have the Colts at seven and nine. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. Well, guys, we're going to take a short break. Um, and when we come back, we are going to talk about a, our uh, second place and first place team. All right, guys, we are back. So we are going to be talking about second place and first place. Cody, who is your second place team in the AFC South? And uh, what is their record and why? I've got the Houston Texans in second place at seven and nine. Um, when I was uh, initially about to start this, some part of me was saying, oh, you know what, they're good enough to go 10 and 6 or 11 and 5. But, you know, the more I thought about it, it that just seems like the same thing we've said every year about the Houston Texans with having, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, having Hopkins, and, you know, they had Fuller, and, you know, we thought a great defense. And yet every time it seems like they would really underperform and, we would be wondering what in the heck is going on as they are fighting for the division title and they're barely finishing at nine and seven or 10 and six. So um, I feel like they're going to repeat the same. They're going to go nine and seven this year. Um, I think that this is Bill O'Brien's last season. Unfortunately, I know that he's been um, kind of in the sports world news with saying that he's going to um, champion you know, any player that's going to protest and he's going to go alongside with them for the, you know, the injustice that's been going on lately that has been basically captivating the nation. But, you know, that's good for him to create that camaraderie and that closeness. But I, I feel like that he's, I feel like that this unfortunately is the last year for Bill O'Brien, kind of like what we talked about with, um, I want to say the previous, uh, uh, the previous team that we talked about with, um, Oh, with Atlanta Falcons head coach. Oh gosh, I'm it's escaping my name. Oh, uh, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. Yeah, thank you. Um, we both agreed last week that uh, Dan Quinn's probably last season is right now with the Falcons, unless they were to go somewhere deep in the playoffs or make a Super Bowl Super Bowl run. Because uh, for Dan Quinn's team, since they got to the Super Bowl, I don't think that they've gotten back into the playoffs, and they've really had, I think, and ultimately they've only had one or two seasons at 500, and everything else has been below. I feel like this is the same with Bill O'Brien. There's been all these expectations to get, you know, the Texans to not only the playoffs, but deep in the playoffs, maybe even a Super Bowl contender. And honestly, they just seem like that team that's a tough play, but you know, if you as long as you can hang in there that you're gonna beat them. Uh I will note a couple of draft picks that they had is um Ross Blacklock, uh defensive tackle, which is good because I feel like that they're their defense has taken a really big hit. J.J. Watt's going to come back. He's had several injuries, and he's older. He's not going to be the same as he once was. So I don't see him being on the field every single play, but I feel like he'll be there you know, pretty often. But I don't think he's going to make as much uh, damage as we would like, of, of course, or what we're accustomed to. Uh, they did draft an outside linebacker, and they did uh, draft an offensive tackle. So – I don't know how much these draft picks are really going to make a huge difference for them right now in terms of 
them being some sort of a um, contender. But uh, we'll note, though, that they are pretty infamous for this offseason trading away uh, Hopkins and getting David Johnson in a draft pick. Um, since they didn't make that trade, though, they did bring in Randall Cobb, the replacement. Oh, yeah. And they did make a trade for uh, Brandon Cooks, who I actually I'm – I'm actually a fan of Brandon Cooks. I think that for some reason he just always seems to get shipped around. But, you know, people and his teammates, former teammates, swear up and down he's like the hardest working receiver. He has really good hands. He's very fast. You know, other than a couple of injuries where he's had a concussion, he's pretty much on the field whenever. Um, I really think that him and Watkins are going to be a pretty good duo with, you know, Cooks being able to create separation, um, you know, when when uh, Watson, you know, goes beyond the, um, the, the pocket, Cooks is going to be able to get open in space. And I think they're going to have a pretty good connection. And Randall Cobb, he's a good slot receiver. He just needs to stay on the field because he's, he's been known to have injuries in – you know, kind of critical times of the season. Um, and I don't know why, but not a lot of people are high on David Johnson. And I am actually a pretty big David Johnson fan. Um, you know, he did have a, he did have, I think a small knee injury that kept him out. I think a game or two, which essentially got him kicked off of the starting lineup, which don't understand why that happened. But with David Johnson though, he catches the ball. He runs in between the tackles. He has speed to break on the outside. I really think that this is a very, very, very good uh, running back to have for this kind of a Houston's team. And not only that, this is going to take pressure off of Duke Johnson being the number one running back because I felt for Duke Johnson thinking that he could be the number one guy because in Cleveland, he was catching the ball, he was running, and I figured that, oh man, with him and the Texans, it's going to work out great. And turned out it wasn't. He wasn't even their best running back last season. It was Carlos Hyde. And now... Duke Johnson is still on the team, but I think he's better suited as the two to the one, two running back punch. And I think David Johnson is the surefire number one running back in this team. And I, I, I can't stress enough how much I like David Johnson. And honestly, in my opinion, he's a fantasy sleeper and I think he's going to work really well for this team. Having said all that though, I just think that the Houston Texans are going to be, I don't want to say disappointing, but if you're expecting them to make the playoffs or be, some team that's going to, you know, take the AFC by storm. Unfortunately, you're going to keep waiting because they're, that's not going to happen. That unfortunately, Bill O'Brien, there's something about Bill O'Brien's system and how it's clicking with everybody. It doesn't work. And you almost feel like Deshaun Wat, uh, Watson is forcing wins because he's willing them to happen, not because the team is coming together. So yeah. that, that's my argument for why I have them in second place at nine and seven. Um, you know, I, I, I'm really hoping that they are better because I, I like the Texans team, but with their personnel, with their coaching, I just don't see it any better than nine and seven. I too have the Texans at number two and nine and seven. Ooh, so, hot dog. Yeah. Two bays coming together. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm with, I love Deshaun Watson. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. And I just feel, like he gets what Bill O'Brien will. I think Bill O'Brien is really good with offensive schemes. So your point about David Johnson, I agree to a certain extent, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, but I I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's so underrated um, for what he does. I think you would, if you saw 
Deshaun Watson either forces his way out or let's say Bill O'Brien is like, okay, well, my job is basically I'm going to lose it, so I'm going to ship everyone. <laughs> so he <laughs> trades away Deshaun, which would be fantastic, by the way, because he is the GM. So I don't know if he's fired next year because I'm not sure the owner is going to fire him. I really don't. If he hasn't fired him already, I, I'm not sure, man. I really am not. Um, and that sounds so – it just sounds so dumb to say, but the reality is, is, you know, the Texans aren't really big on, you know, you know, uh, releasing guys and, and getting new head coach. I mean, they've had Bill O'Brien forever, man. I just, I don't see it. But anyway, um, I think Deshaun Watson, you're right. He's going to will a lot of wins. But what's scary is I'm now again, like what we talked about earlier with the, with the Colts, with the Vikings, they do play the Vikings at week four. That could be either way, depending on, I know for me, at least it's whether they have Dalvin cook or not, but, Potentially, the Texans could start their year 0 and 4. They go they they go to Kansas City week one, week two they come home against Baltimore, week three they go to Pittsburgh, and then week four they come home and play Minnesota. So that that's a four four weeks where that's going to be really tough, really tough. And then they get the Jaguars, so that that'll get them back on the track. Um, so um, <laughs> that's a good but, confidence booster right there. Yeah. <laughs> all right we finally get to play with jaguars all right <laughs> so um but yeah i mean all in all i mean they do play the patriots that that game could go either way i think i would have the texans in that one i'm just really not confident in the texans defense um you know they have an older jj watt who has constantly been injured the last few years so um yeah, I just, I mean, he's not who he used to be. I mean, he, he'll he have spurts of it, but he's not consistently what he used to be. Obviously, they don't have uh, Jadavion Clowney anymore, who I think a lot of people do underrate him. Um, you know, he was a first-round, I mean, first pick overall, so mm-hmm. that's kind of why people are like, oh, he's not what he could be. He's still a really good player, and he's still, still a good pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So when J.J. Watt wasn't getting it done, uh, Clowney was kind of there at least putting pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you don't have that one-two punch, um, it makes it a lot more difficult to get to the quarterback. Um, and honestly, right now, just looking at the roster, they're really they're really just hoping J.J. Watt gets it done, and that scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they always have a really good secondary. I think that secondary is very underrated. Um, but their linebacking crew is a lot older. I think they're still really good, but again, they're older and you don't, you just don't know what you're going to get. So I don't think they're going to get a lot of sacks to be perfectly honest. Um, I think they'll have more than what people, uh, would probably guess, but I also think they're not going to get as many as maybe people think they would. So if that kind of makes sense, I think, you know, if the under over was like, you know, as a team, they're going to get, uh, let's say 20 sacks or let's say 21 sacks on the year. I think it's going to be lower, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, maybe by, tw- I think it would be 20 instead of 21. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, I have no idea if that's what Vegas is saying. So if you're taking my word for it, please go check it first, <laughs> <laughs> but I would take the under no matter what. Um, but um, 
you know, I'm just not, I'm not fond of, of their defense, but you were talking about David Johnson. That's what I want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't believe in, in Duke Johnson because I know what his role was in Cleveland. And it was just as a pass catcher. It was not the running back position. He, he did run his like first year, but after that they just had him strictly out there for pass catching. It was almost kind of like what the Chargers did with Austin Eckler. We, man, this is a lot of Chargers talk for me, and I hate it. <laughs> um, but it, it reminded me of you know the first few years with Austin Eckler. Uh, he was basically always out there for catch, and every now and then he would run, and that's kind of what Duke Johnson was. So when he came to Houston, I remember you were criticizing me because I picked uh, Carlos Hyde, and you were like, dude, they have Duke Johnson. I was like, yeah. I think it's going to be Carlos Hyde because I really like Carlos Hyde. I think he's a good uh, – he reminds me of, of Frank Gore. I was going to say the exact same thing. He's like a poor man's Frank Gore because he he's a drifter now, but mm-hmm. when he's on that team, you don't expect it, but he ends up becoming their best running back. Yeah, and and it's not just because they both played for the 49ers, um, but it, it's really because Frank Gore – you just kind of forget about him and he's not like the greatest running back, but he still gets it done. And that's kind of who Carlos Hyde is. Mm-hmm. Um, so with David Johnson, obviously he's to me, he's better than Carlos Hyde, but I think they're going to use, as you uh, describe, I think um, Duke Johnson is going to be the pass catcher again. Cause that's what he's really good at. Mm-hmm. So if, you are a fantasy player and I think Cody, you need to think about this too, before you start playing fantasy football is, David Johnson is probably going to be the running back. He's going to be the number one. But in pass catching situations or third down situations, I think it's going to be a lot of Duke Johnson more than David Johnson. Now, David Johnson is a good pass catcher, but I think I don't think he's going to be used like that. I think they still like Duke Johnson more um, as the uh, pass catcher. So I, I, I think it's bold to say that he's going to be a sleeper. I'm not saying it's wrong, mm-hmm. but I just don't see the Texans because the Texans always do this. They never they never just stick with the running back. They always have that backup. I mean, I remember the years with Arian Foster and then um I forget his first name, but I think it was I think last name was Blue. I th- I want to say Adrian, but I don't that doesn't sound right. Is oh um, no, it's like a Alfred Blue. Yeah, Alfred, Alfred Blue. Blue. I knew it started with an A. Um so, you know, and the and Alfred Blue was was good, but you know, Arian Foster was the guy. But you know, with Arian Foster always getting injured, they had to implement Alfred Blue a lot. And I mm-hmm. think with David Johnston, he's had some injuries already, and I think they're going to be worried about that. And so they're going to utilize Duke Johnson a little bit more. So for me, if I'm a fantasy owner, I'm not. If I'm getting David Johnson, I'm also going to be on the understanding that he's not going to be just the running back every single time. I think it's going to be a lot of uh, switches. So for me, he would be more of like a flex player. So that's a little fantasy. You uh, mean Johnson or Duke or Duke? Oh, were they both? David, that's kind of funny. David Johnson. David Johnson. You think at best is? I a think flex. he's going to be. I think he's going. To, no, I, at best he's going to be running back two. Oh, okay, okay. But but for me, I think. More or less, I, I see him being a flex player, and that's about it. Um, but he does have the potential to be a running back, too. But I, I just, with this offensive line, that's the other issue, mm-hmm. is their offensive line is not great. And we've seen it already with, 
with Deshaun Watson. I mean, just getting hit after hit after hit. And then you take away the best receiver from from Watson. And I think he'll make it work with Brandon Cooks. Or, I mean, I'm not denying that. Um, and he really likes, he's really good with Will Fuller. I know you don't like Will Fuller because he's always injured. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's going to get injured again because he always does. But um, he still does have the rapport with him. And so I think that's going to be uh, a little underrated. So he's got some weapons, but for the most part, I don't like the offensive line. The running back, the running back situation, I'm just not 100% sold on. I like David Johnson, but it seems like there's something that you and I just don't know because it seems odd that he just suddenly stopped playing in Arizona and then um, and then they traded for a running back and they were just like, yeah, he's not going to play anymore. And he would come out for like a couple of plays and you're like, I had him on my fantasy team and I was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think there's something there and I, we just don't know what it is. So um, that, that makes me concerned. And the defense I think is worse than what it has been in, in a few years. So um, I can see the Texans and Colts. Obvi- honestly, I can see their records switching and their position switching. Mm-hmm. But I like Deshaun Watson so much that I think the Texans will, like you said, in a sense, they're just going to will it to be uh, second place. But yeah. last year they were ten and six. I don't. I don't see they get there. Yeah. No. I. I can see that. And you know, I think the Duke Johnson is a topic that we'll may ha- we may have to table because I. I have an argument against it to where. You know, I don't think it's something with why David Johnson for some reason fell out of rotation with Arizona in the sense of his David Johnson's fault because honestly the argument could be made David Johnson was one of the last players other than Larry Fitzgerald of the previous regime and Bruce Arians and he flourished in that system and before David Johnson got injured, you know, he was going he was doing the same thing where he was a versatile running back and a pass catching running back getting the carries, getting the touches, improving himself until he had, I think, one or two games where he was just injured. And then obviously they traded for Drake and the rest is history. So, you know, that's that's why my argument is more or less of David Johnson is one of those really unique running backs where he can do both. And I'm I'm not disagreeing with your point of David Johnson may just go back to his previous role of being a pass catching specialist out of the backfield. But I think that David Johnson is elite enough to where, you know, Duke Johnson won't be on the field in crucial times because I think David Johnson is that is that running back you can rely on to catch the ball and to get open and to do all that stuff. So that's just how high I am on David Johnson. Do I think that you need to you need to draft Duke Johnson in fantasy football to handcuff him? Sure, but I think that David Johnson is going to get back to fantasy relevance with the help of Watkins and uh, 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 excuse me Watson and also with Cooks. Um, and that's how, that's my feelings on that. So, you know, but for the most part, though, I agree with the Texans position and what your point is about Indy, that they can easily flip. And this could be easily Colts being in the second place, Texans being in third place, because, again, like you and I, like what we're talking about, we don't know what's going on with the Texans, but there's just something that's missing. And that's what we agree is going to prevent them from going over the top. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I just... I think it should be Bill O'Brien's last year. Like, I want to agree with you, but 
right now it's so hard to kind of see that because the owner has been on his side like this whole time and he i mean he agreed to make him the gm for now like mm-hmm. <laughs> to me that's uh, and they're like well we just haven't found the right gm and that's understandable but you would think someone else would step in and they're just like no we'll just let the head coach do it and it's just like oh man i mean it would make more sense if you know the special teams coach was <laughs> yeah well here's I mean, my yeah, know. well, here's my evidence with – I think this is going to be Bill O'Brien's last year. So this will be his seventh season with the team. His first three seasons, 2014, 15, 16, he went 9-7 and seven in each of them. Uh, in 2017, he went 4-12. and 12. That was the year that uh, Watson tore his ACL. Um, the year that Watson came back, though, in 2018, they went 11-5. and five, But last year, they went 10-6. and six. So in my opinion, that they're already on a downhill trend and they got rid of the, arguably the number one receiver in the game um, that Watkins had a, or Watson excuse me, had a really special relationship with. And I just don't... I mean, even though they got Cooks and, and, and Randall Cobb, uh, I just don't see... It, you can't replace that with just, you know, minimal players. You know, like, if, if, if we're thinking of this in quarter analogies, Watkins, uh, excuse me, yeah, uh, Hopkins is a dollar player, and you basically broke it, broke that into quarters, and that's what you picked up. You know what I mean? And just because you have four quarters, it doesn't always equal the same dollar that you had, in my opinion. So I think that that's where they're going to take a step back. And I can just see that if Bill O'Brien just does another another underperformance where he doesn't get in the playoffs, they don't make a deep run like this team has always been anticipated this could arguably be his last season. Even though he did get GM permissions, this will make it worse, especially if they underperform, because not only did you have seven years to do this, but we also gave you more power to get the personnel that you want, and you still failed. So that's why I can see this being his last season. Yeah, I hope it is, because it's obviously run its course, and you just can't keep beating the dead horse and think it's going to come back alive. Like, it's just... It's not going to happen. So I think, I think Bill O'Brien, he could possibly be a head coach somewhere else. Um, I think he would be better off as an offensive coordinator uh, because I think he really understands the quarterback position. He always gets the best out of the quarterback position. Excuse me, out of the quarterback position. So, I mean, I think he would be more successful as an offensive coordinator. Um, do I think he's going to settle for that? Probably not. I think he's gotten so used to being a head coach. I just don't, mm-hmm. I don't see him uh, being willing to step down, but who knows? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do think someone will have him as a head coach, whether he has to go back to college or uh, still in the NFL. I mean, that's possible. I mean, hey, maybe, maybe Zach Taylor – um, you know, it doesn't work out in Cincinnati. And so he goes to Cincinnati. I can see that happening or, um, you know, uh, man, I had a team. Of, oh, the, the lions. I mean, maybe that happens. I mean, he would, he would probably really get a lot of good out of Matthew Stafford. So that's a possibility. So it, it'll be interesting for sure. But, um, you know, I, I still look at the Texans and I think, they are a second place team because of Deshaun Watson. Um, there are a lot of worries in this team, and I could see them really falling short of 500. But I also can see them, you know, at least 
no higher than nine and seven. I really don't see them going ten and six. I would be shocked. Right. And I would be shocked if they go, you know, one and three in their first four games, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Even if the Vikings don't have Dalvin Cook, you know, it's tough. I mean, it's still the Vikings still have a decent offense without Cook mm-hmm. and against this Texans defense. I you know, I don't know. So I, yeah. I would be surprised, but we'll see. You okay. know, I'm, hopefully, anyway, I guess we still don't know if they're going to be playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Cody. Well, I know who your number one team is, but uh, what is their record and why? So the Tennessee Titans, I have them in first place, of course, with the record of 11 and 5. Um, I really think uh, – so in my opinion, the reason why they're going to get to 11 and 5 is Ryan Tannehill being um, in this offense for a second complete year, uh, having a full season of having first-team reps with you know a young receiver and AJ Brown, who you already know I'm, I'm pretty high on. I really, I really think that this guy is going to be a phenomenal uh, wide receiver in the league, and he's going to, before we know it, in a, in a few seasons, he's probably going to be arguably top ten in my opinion. I think that's how talented he is. Um, I know that he's still really young. He's got a lot of maturing to do and a lot of work to do. And I think your argument has always been, you know, you question his hands and you know, is he only speed or can he run routes the cor- the correct way? So. No argument on that, but I think that he is young enough and he's still raw enough to where you can mold him into that, and he's only going to get better as as he gets more seasons under his belt. Uh, they still have also Corey Davis, who I I like Corey Davis. I think he's an underrated wide receiver, and he's very serviceable. He's not elite, but he's definitely above average. So I really think that his combo with A.J. Brown is great. And also Adam Humphreys, who's basically a poor man's version, Wes Welker or um, – or what's another slot receiver that we always talk about? Um, uh, Julian, Edelman. Julian Edelman. Thank you very much. So <laughs> I, I, he's definitely serviceable in that manner, and I think that works really well with Tannehill. Um, they also have a, a tight end who they utilize pretty often now that Delaney Walker is a little longer there and, and with Smith. He's a young uh, tight end who's tall, so I can see Tannehill really relying on him to kind of break up the defense when, it's, um, when the receivers are having a hard time getting open. And I really like this Tennessee defense. I think they are just a little outside of top 10, but they did. They still have Malcolm Butler, who I, who I really am a fan of. I think he's a great cornerback. Uh, they did bring in uh, Beasley Jr., uh, former Atlanta Falcon. Hmm. And also, too, they did draft Christian uh, Fulton, a, corner, a cornerback, and they did sign Jonathan Joseph, a former Texan. Um, and Jonathan Joseph is definitely an older cornerback, but I really like this pickup for Tennessee because Fulton is going to get experience not only from Joseph, but also from Butler and Bird. And I really think that those are some really great secondary pieces to really pick their brain and mature with and grow with. And I think that that's going to make him just that much better of a cornerback for the future of Tennessee. And also they did draft in the first round Isaiah Wilson, uh, an offensive tackle who's basically just another big body that's going to shore shore up that offensive line that Derrick Henry runs behind. Um, and Derrick Henry, the only thing I would say is he, his pass catching ability could be a bit better, but honestly, when you're as big as he is, what is he like six, eight, like two eighty or something like that <laughs> really don't need to worry about catching the ball. As long as it's in your gut, you can run everybody over. So I really am just kind of nitpicking at this point because all the running backs, it seem like you need to catch the ball and run the ball at the same time. And, you know, it's almost like uh, Henry is one of those players where he's so big, it doesn't really matter at this point because he, he's going to 
explode through the line. If you catch a stiff arm, you're probably going to be in the hospital because he'll just bounce you off the ground. So, but I really like this Tennessee. Um, I really like this Tennessee uh, team. I definitely think that they will take a, a a good leap forward. I wouldn't say that they're going to be, you know, I wouldn't say they're going to be dangerous in the AFC. I definitely think that they're a team that we all need to pay attention to. But in my opinion, in this division, they're definitely going to win it. I can see them sweeping the Jaguars. Um, you know, there's some argument that can be made that I think that they can sweep the Texans, even though I think Watson is a better quarterback to where he won't let that happen. But, you know, an argument could be made he, they can easily sweep the Texans. I would say it's more likely that they can sweep the Colts, even though, um, you know, what we were just talking about with the Colts and the Texans could easily be one of those teams that they're going to either finish above 500 or below or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I like Tennessee for the most part. Their schedule favors them. Um, but honestly, between their defense and their offense, their, you know, their offense isn't as powerful as, let's say, KC. But, you know, it can do some damage if you don't, if you don't watch out. You know, if you don't contain Henry, they definitely can beat you on the outside. And their defense is definitely going to beat you up and tire you out. Um, and it's going to be very, very hard to beat the Texans, in my opinion. But, um, you know, I, I'm just a fan of them, and I'm, I'm curious to see how, how much of a leap forward they take. I definitely put them in the same class as the Buffalo Bills in the sense of, you know, they are a playoff team, but now how much better have they gotten? And I think that they have gotten better this season, this upcoming season. And I just can't wait to see for that to happen. Um, yeah, I have the, I have the Titans uh, winning the division. I have them at 10 and six. So uh, less one less win uh, than you have them at. Um, and honestly, I think that's going to be the Denver I have Denver winning. Okay. And I assume you have them losing that. You have the you have the Broncos losing the game. Right? No, or I have, have them, Denver winning. I have Denver winning the game. I have oh, okay. um, Yeah, I have them beating Minnesota. Um Oh, okay. That uh, Yeah. Now I don't know. Anyway, uh I honestly I figured you had the Broncos um well, no, because only it's Monday night. It's Mile High, Mile High Stadium, and exactly. when, when we get into AFC West, I'll I'll address why I think you know I I think when we talk about the AFC West, our records between what we have for the teams are going to be surprising. As a spoiler alert, it's still two weeks away, but still, I think it'll be definitely surprising. But I think that yeah. Minnesota is a team that could suffer a loss here with the Titans, um, even though it is in Minnesota. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh loses to Tennessee in Tennessee. So that's a, those are two games right there that I think that Tennessee can easily win right there. Um, you know, Baltimore is one that I don't see that's going to be very hard for them to win because that is in Baltimore. So I don't, I don't see that as a win at all. Um, Green Bay in Green Bay in December, that's going to be a really tough game. Um, you know, I can, and I can see where you may have Houston winning the week 17 as well, if that's what you have on your record list. Uh, yeah, I have them splitting games against Houston, so I, either one, but uh, I don't know. Week 17, let me take a look. Yeah, I have Houston winning that game, but um, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm not, I'm not a huge, I, I'm not a fan of Ryan Tannehill. I, I think he, I think he did what he needed to do last year. Um, I think a lot of things came aligned for the Titans last year to really go on that run. Um, You know, Tannehill is good enough 
to make the throws that he needs to, like, you know, the short passes, um, you know, on a third and three, he can do it with his legs or with his arms. So, you know, uh, in, in that perspective, yes, uh, Tannehill can, can get it done in, in that. And that's all they really needed him to do. I mean, first and second down, I mean, Derrick Henry was going off. So why would you change that? So I, it's not that I think, I don't want to say that Tannehill is absolute crap. I don't, I don't think he's that. I, I think he's, he's good enough to be a starter in the NFL. Um, and, and I, I just, I'm not a huge fan of him. I don't think he wins you games and I don't think he loses you games. I think that's a, that's really to be an NFL quarterback. You really don't have to win games, but you also don't, you can't lose games. And that's where he's at. I think he's right in the middle of I think he's an okay quarterback, I guess, would be the best way to describe him. Can I tell you what um, Tannehill reminds me of? So this upcoming season, I see Tannehill reminding me of Trent Dilfer the year that the Ravens won the Super Bowl. He's more of a game manager. He's not yeah. throwing the he's not throwing the ball five thousand yards for forty touchdowns. Mm-hmm. A serviceable quarterback. He's gonna deliver the ball when needed and he's gonna hand it off when he's supposed to, and he's gonna let that defense you know, help him kind of secure the lead and keep the team, keep the opposing team um, away from scoring. And I think, like, I'm not saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl, but if I had to give a, an example of a team that I can see them resembling this upcoming season is, you know, of uh, Baltimore Ravens when they won the Super Bowl and Trent Dilfer was basically just a game manager. Yeah, he, I think that's a good comp is he's Trent Dilfer. And, and if you remember, I mean, Trent Dilfer wasn't a bad quarterback. He really wasn't, but everyone just, you know, that Ravens defense was so good. It was like all he had to do was just not mess up, yeah. <laughs> and he did that. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, with Derrick Henry, I, I love this guy. I loved him since he was at Alabama. When he came out, I, I remember I was like, I was looking at some of the, you know, running backs in the in the draft, and I remember I was like, all right, Derrick Henry. I remember watching him in Alabama, but I was like, uh, could be a product of the offensive line. And I was looking at his stats. He's like 6'4", 240, some, maybe 250, and he's got like 2% body fat. And I was like, holy cow, this guy is going to be unstoppable. And it took him a little bit, uh, but he finally started going. Obviously, last year he just went off. Um, my only concern is this. They did lose a lot at offensive line. They did get a few guys um, to kind of like cover for that, but it is different because the guys that they had there were there for a while and now they're gone. And so Derrick Henry is good. I'm not saying he's not. I, I honestly, I think he's one of uh, one of the best running. I, I don't even know where I had him on my list of, of uh, top 10 running backs, but I think he was at least in the top three. I, I think he's so good, but you still have to have an offensive line. And, and I think, um, you know, you can kind of see that with, with any running back. I think there's only a couple of outliers here and there, but for the most part, I think you have to. And I think Derrick Henry has proven that he has to have at least a, a decent offensive line. And that's my worry for that offense. Now the defensive side of the ball, I'm also worried. You yes, Tex, the Titan Texans, the Titans always produce a good defense. They're 
always good. I mean, I wish the Raiders had that problem. Like the Titans, oh, it always seems like you look at the roster and you're like, oh man, this this defense is gonna suck. And then you kind of look at um, the end of the year and you kind of see that the Titans produced a really good defense. And you're just like, man, how? Where did that come from? I mean, they have nobodies. So the Titans always have a good defense, and obviously their head coach is a defensive-minded head coach. So I don't think there's any argument there. But um, they did lose a lot. Um, yes, you, as you said, they got Vic Beasley Jr., who I really like, but I think he's not as good as what you'd think. I think he's, I would argue he's better than J.J. Watt now, but is he at, is he, could he be like prime J.J. Watt? I don't, I don't think so. So, I mean, it's kind of, I'm just thinking in division. Um, you know, I think the best pass rusher in this um, in this division would probably go to uh, DeForest Buckner. Mm-hmm. I think he's the best one from the Colts. So, uh, you know, Vic Beasley, you can make an argument that might be the second best. Okay, that's that's fine. We can we can have another argument for another day. But I don't think he's. I think he's good enough to get like ten sacks. Uh, in a year, mm-hmm. but I I just don't think he's that guy who's constantly pressuring. You know, he he's a he's a threat. You know, every now and then he can be, but um, so I'm I'm a little worried. Um, I think they're going to be in the in the right spots where they need to be, and that's half the battle. So I think the Titans are going to be a, a good defense, but I don't see them doing what they did last year where all of a sudden they just exploded and beat it and beat the Ravens and, mm-hmm. and almost beat the chiefs and, and, you know, pretty much dominated the Patriots. So I don't see that Titans team, but I do see them winning this division. Honestly too, they are a product of a pretty winnable schedule. Um, you know, I have them losing to Denver, but I think that's just kind of more because of the schedule but I think they sweep the Jaguars. I think they split games between Colts and the Texans. Uh, the Bills, that's going to be a tough one. The Steelers, I, I'm higher on them. But then they play like the Bengals, the Bears, and I don't think they're going to have trouble with those teams. Um, you know, the Browns, that game is going to be interesting for sure. But then they play the Lions, you know. So mm-hmm. they just they have – they have some tough games, but also they have some really easy games, in my opinion, for for the team that they are. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just don't see them going any further than the first round in the playoffs. I just mm-hmm. I think they're good enough to win the division, but I don't think they improved. I honestly think they're worse, but I just think the division also got worse. And so that's just kind of my argument with them. Um, but... I love Derrick Henry. Um, I love uh, the head coach uh, Vrabel. I think he's, I think he's exceeded what people thought he was going to be. And even if he doesn't do a good job from here on out, I would. I'm definitely always going to root for him because no one saw the Titans doing what they did last year, and they just it was impressive. But now that they know that's kind of how they win, it's going to be really interesting to see how teams play them because I think the Titans are one of the teams that could fluctuate 
really big in this division. I think, as I said, I think the Colts could go as high as like nine and seven, but I don't see them going any higher than that. The Texans, I'm the same way. With the Titans, I can see them going like eleven and five, but I can also see them going like almost like five and eleven because mm-hmm. everyone had a year to see how the Titans win. So it, it it'll be it definitely will be interesting. I think the Titans and Texans and Colts are all gonna be interesting watches. Mm-hmm. But as far as thinking of like playoff wise, I, I don't see them doing much. Um and to to also hit on a point that you said, I like AJ Brown, but I want to see more. I I think he's good, and I think he was more of a surprise. And I think defenses are going to be able to kind of slow him down this year. Um, I thought Corey Davis was going to be a lot better uh, than he was last year, and so I'd like to see him get better. So there's a lot of ifs for the Titans. I think there's more ifs on the Titans than any other team even more than the Texans, even more than the Colts. Um, I mean, you look at the Jaguars, you pretty much know what you're going to get from them. I don't think anyone is expecting this team to be, you know, five wins. I think the Jaguars, everyone knows three wins is almost a stretch. Um, With the Titans, like I said, I just, we don't know. I mean, we've seen Tannehill be really successful. Obviously, last year was probably the most successful he ever was. Um, but we've also seen a really bad Ryan Tannehill. So mm-hmm. you can take the his best year and his worst year, and if you see everything in between, it's not impressive. Yeah. And so, you know, he's going to be the leader of your offense. Yes, they're going to run through Derrick Henry, but what happens when that offensive line isn't as good as last year and they have to rely on Tannehill? Can you do that? I think we're going to see that this year. So um, I, I still think the Titans are are well coached and I I think you know with Derrick Henry he's really you know especially just looking at the schedule I think he's going to run on a lot of these defenses but there are those games that you know he'll probably be stopped but um I I for me it was a lot harder to make the the case that the Titans don't win as much I I just think with all the changes in this division I think the Titans are going to um are going to be the team to benefit from all that. So, mm-hmm. so just a little update on our uh, top 10 running back list. You ranked Derek Henry number one. Oh, okay. Wow. I thought oh, a lot higher on him than I thought I was. <laughs> I thought I had him at like two or three. Okay. No, you, good. Well, it's no, good to know. I, I like Derek. Henry. I really do. I think I like Derek Henry more than a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, now our list was who we think is the best one going into next year. Um, so, yeah. I mean, obviously, if I'm going to overall running back, he's probably not going to be number one, in my opinion, but he's going to be up there. And I really like him, but again, it really depends on how this offensive line is because in the NFL, you can be a great running back, but with a really bad offensive line, you're not going to go as far as you th- as you think he can go. Would you say that Derrick Henry is the most successful Alabama running back um, so far, or do you think? Yeah. Or do you think there's yeah. a that's more successful? Out I would, I would say you could make an argument for Mark Ingram, but he mm-hmm. it took him a while to get 
where he's at now, and he's still kind of not not the number. He is the number one running back on the Ravens, but I think what you're thinking of is helps him not, with. He, he doesn't look as dominant as he did in no, college to yeah, the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. And Derrick I mean, Henry he, still looks dominant in the NFL than when he was in when he was at Alabama. Yeah. So it's almost like it transferred over. I mean, I I've been watching a lot of the Alabama running backs for years. I mean, you look at Trent Richardson, you look at Mark Ingram, you look at uh, Derrick Henry, uh, T.J. Yeldon. There's Can one more that I was. Oh, uh, Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you got five really good running backs at Alabama. Um, honestly, out of all of those, I would have taken Trent Richardson last. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I wasn't as high as a lot of the experts were, but I mean, I'm just a little, I mean, I'm not saying my, my intuition was smarter than theirs. No, they had more stuff to back up their opinions. I just, from what I saw, I was like, oh, I don't know if he's going to do great. I thought he was going to be at least decent. He was terrible. Um, <laughs> You know, obviously, honestly, Derrick Henry would still be my number one pick out of the Alabama, but we'll see. I mean, Josh Jacobs could make an argument for himself because, he, I mean, he basically had a broken collarbone and he was still running and going shoulder first in right. the Packers defense. I mean, it was incredible. So, um, but as of right now, I mean, yeah, Derrick Henry would be my number one pick, but TJ Yeldon was so good at Alabama too. I. I wish he were a lot better than what he was here in the NFL. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, for the most part, you look at all these running backs and who you would take first. I mean, you would take Derrick Henry. And honestly, looking at all the running backs in the NFL mm-hmm. and if everyone had a had a – if everyone had to redraft all these players, um, you know, Derrick Henry would probably be the first one, if not the second running back taken. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's so good, but again, it just, it really is still going to depend on that offensive line. You can be really, I mean, Joe Mixon had a good year last year, but he could have been better if, mm-hmm. if the first like five weeks he had an offensive line to block for him because a lot of his points were coming from catches because mm-hmm. he just, he, I mean, I remember watching a, a Bengals game last year and he was just, getting demolished so um, I mean I think Henry is a little bit better than Mixon obviously but um, you know he can only break so many tackles and do that for so long before he's like okay I can't do this anymore you gotta throw the ball let's also give an honorable mention to another Alabama running back in Eddie Cheeseburger Ed oh Eddie Lacy how did I forget about him (laughs) He yes. showed a little bit of promise with the Packers. He had flashes of really good games, and then he just he left the Packers for Seattle and was never the same. I don't even think he yeah. started for them at all. Mm-hmm. We might have to have a podcast where we just talk about Alabama running backs because with with Nick Saban being there, and I was I, I don't know why I just I like to watch like certain positions at certain like colleges. Um, I mean, obviously you always watch the quarterback, but uh, like. You know, you kind of hear about guys and you're like, okay, I want to see this running back or I want to see this receiver. So for me watching college football, I, you know, when I watched Alabama, you never looked at the quarterback because the quarterback position was never, you know, elite until Tua came along. Um, So you always looked at the running backs because you Mm -hmm. knew that's why their offense was going to be successful. And so just watching them over the years, I I remember watching a lot of these guys and I was like, oh, I think he's going to be good, but I don't think he's going to be good. So. 
Anyway, we might have to do that. <laughs> we'll put it on the calendar. Yeah. All right, well, man, I think uh, we've exhausted all all avenues. I agree. <laughs> As I can I can see you and probably hear a couple of times you're yawning, so sorry I bore you, but well, I mean, we're not going to tell the folks that you put me on you put yourself on mute about half the show so that way you can get a couple of yawns out as well. I did not put myself on me. I'm just oh, just a quiet yawner. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we appreciate you guys. Uh, tune in next week because next week is going to be fire. The next two weeks are going to be really fun. Uh, we're going to be talking about the NFC West next week, and then the week after that, we are going to be talking about our favorite, the AFC West. So it's going to be super exciting uh, to go into those because there are some really good teams and. There might be some outliers. I mean, I know we've talked about probably every single week we've talked about almost, well, except for this week because they don't play these teams. But, you know, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Rams. Uh, and then we talk about the Chiefs, Broncos, uh, Chargers, and Raiders. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it'll it's going to be really fun. I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to it in the next two weeks for sure. Yeah, same here. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be great. So, Awesome possum. Oh, God, that was such a dad. Such a dad. <laughs> oh, 10-4 backdoor. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate all that you guys listen to this. We appreciate all the love and support that we have been getting. Um, if you want to show more of that um, love and support, we would really appreciate it if you guys would go to any of the major podcast sites and uh, rate and review. Uh, the major podcasts being Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeart. Um, any rate and review will really help us get better and obviously get out there and, and uh have more listeners and followers. Um, also, we appreciate all the uh, shares that we have been getting, whether it be on Facebook, whether it be on Instagram, uh, or even Twitter. Please uh, go uh, follow us on those social media sites. Um, we are at DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. Not at .com. We are at <laughs> DrewCodeSportsTalk. And uh, we do have a .com, though, and Cody will tell you about that. Um, also, go to FNXFitness.com. Uh, where you can get 15% off of uh, your whole purchase, uh, whether it being uh, workout gear or uh, workout supplements, everything uh, that you need for your workouts, especially with gyms uh, starting to uh, open back up. If you are planning on going, this is a great website, and Cody will explain to you how you get that 15% off and also about Group Code Sports Talk. That's right, guys. So what Andrew just referred to is you want to go to DrewCoatSportsTalk.com. On the bottom of the homepage is actually going to be a live link to FNXFit.com that you want to click on. And there's almost, there's also a promo code on there as well of DrewCode15 that'll give you 15% off your total purchase when you guys are checking out. So definitely want to pick up any supplements or workout gear that you guys need to jumpstart your workout journey again after quarantine because we all need it. Uh, also, if you guys want to listen to uh, more episodes like this, uh, you can find our two bays in a pod episodes. Also, more episodes of Drew Code Sports Talk on there as well, along with all of our social media handles, our links to all of our podcast websites. So feel free to go on there, kind of browse around. There's also a section that you guys can leave us a topic, 
a question or a comment. We'd love to hear from you guys and get as much feedback and as much interaction with you guys as possible. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, don't forget two bays in a pod comes out on Mondays, drew code sports talk, which is this episode comes out on Thursdays and you know what? We'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening.